You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we're going to go into the game today. We're going to talk about how things have proceeded with uh, Trevor Bauer over his last few starts and maybe some uh, bigger concerns we should be having there. We're going to go through the minors, taking a look at some of the performances in the low minors um, since we missed a few of those days this week when I was talking draft. And that's pretty much going to take care of the show today. So without further ado, I want to admit I didn't watch basically any of the game today. I saw a few innings when I was out uh, getting dinner. Instead, I went out and saw John Wick 3 this evening. Um, If you like the John Wick movies, I think you'll like this one. That's my basic review. I do quite enjoy them. So that's what I did this evening. I went and saw John Wick 3. I did not see the Indians, though uh, there there is some corollary there as the Indians murdered the Orioles pitching this evening and the John Wick movies have a lot of death in them. So, the Indians, uh, it was, you know, uh, offensive performance you really haven't seen out of this team this year. Most of the guys in the lineup reached base multiple times. Basically, the only ones who didn't was Jake Bowers. Um, Even the guys who had one hit, a lot of players had multi-hit games, also got on base via the walk. It was uh, just about a complete offensive performance that, as you will see, uh, two home runs by Kipnis offensively in the six RBI will be the headline. He went uh, two for six, and he's still. Um, we'll see if it's a portmanteau of uh, of bigger things to come, but uh, or if it's just a flash in the pan against a really bad team. But his his performance this year is still on the whole a bit overwhelming. Uh, same deal with uh, Cargo, who had three hits, the most of anybody on the Indians today. Uh, he's still not hitting the ball with uh, with the authority one would like, at least statistically, and we'll see where things go from here. But, uh, you know, 14 runs is fun. Let's just leave it at that. Plain and simply, you know, it's nice to see Luplo is continuing to hit. His average is going up. Martin had been scuffling badly, so that's nice to see. It's the same reason it's, you know, good to see Cargo and Kipnis. They had been scuffling. Lindor's performances continue to eke up. Santana's performance had been down all week. This is probably his best performance of the week with the double. And on the whole, you're happy with that. You go into the pen, Nick Wetgren's awesome again. Uh, Oliver Perez is good. That's that's His ERA has dropped multiple runs over his last few outings, so it's nice to see that. Uh, A.J. Cole, nothing really stands out. Olsen, the same thing. But let's get into Trevor Bauer. Um, I wanted to trade Trevor Bauer this offseason. Three basic reasons. One, uh, I just got a bit tired of the attitude, some of the uh, bullying and immature behavior. It makes it hard to root for someone like that. Two, uh, he's going to be a free agent in you know a year and a half from now, which meant that this offseason his value was about at two years out as high as it was going to get, especially off the season he was had. And three, there were some signs that the regression was going to come, I mentioned that multiple times and he's never had a uh, consistency he's a guy who will pitch really great for six months and then not so great and there's been control issues there's been home run issues there's a lot of reasons to believe that what we saw last year with Bauer may not stick and we're seeing that his last few performances when you go through them 
today's game, facing a really bad team, seven earned runs, only three strikeouts, four walks. The Oakland game, he was brilliant. You can't really have a negative comment there. But then you go to the White Sox game where they lost, and he gave up seven earned runs in that one and two home runs, and only and he struck out seven. You then go to the Miami game that they won against a bad Miami team, but four earned runs is uh, not great against Miami, which is just a horrible team. Houston, yeah, he gets the win, and he only gives up one run over eight innings, but the numbers show a guy who should have given up a lot more. Only three strikeouts, six walks. Atlanta was a strong performance. Seattle, a strong before it performance. Detroit, not as much. And, you know, he was basically brilliant in his first uh, two outings. He is... He's pitched a lot of innings. We have a lot of data. It's interesting to look at the quick facts here on ESPN. And he's second in the AL in innings pitched. Um, that was before tonight's game. But he was also second in the AL in walks. Ninth in ERA. That's changed. And he was fourth in strikeouts. The home run, you know, he's the home run rate is, a, is an issue. His ERA has risen uh, significantly. I mean, you go back to that Houston start. His ERA at the time was 199. And his four starts since then, it's gone up to 376. He's given up eight home runs this year. He gave up nine last year. So think about that. And almost three times as many starts, he gave up one more home run. His strikeout rate is down. His walk rate is up. And again, he's going to be... This is a guy who next year will likely be the highest... Will have the highest salary on the Indians through uh, salary arbitration. Very good chance he is the highest paid player on the Indians. He'll be going into a free agent walk year. And that all of that combined to be like, I was looking at trades for him in the off season. I was, you know, saying, oh, San Diego makes a lot of sense. And I was hoping something would come together because I, there's always a point in time where you, I remember being a Cleveland Browns fan and thinking, okay, Derek Anderson, my, I remember getting made fun of by one of my friends because Derek Anderson had this fantastic year, and I was like, "Let's hopefully we can trade him to the Marlins, and they can have Cornell too." And he's like, "You just had a really good season. The Browns always stink, and you had an awesome season. You want to trade your quarterback and your coach?" And I'm like, "I just feel like I'm playing with house money right now. I want to sell high." Um, and that was kind of my feeling this offseason, Trevor Bauer. You know, maybe if he was spending a a little more time refining his craft instead of trying to add more to his craft or to some of the other um, negative aspects that we see from him, uh, he would be a bit more of a, a consistent pitcher. But, I mean, last year was the only year we've seen that. We've seen an extended cons- uh, consistent stretch for him. You know, th- there's a point in time where he really looked like he had the walks under control, but that just that doesn't seem to be the case at this point, and we are seeing that creep up. We're seeing less strikeouts, and... It's like I said, I will see how it goes. But yes, Baltimore has a few good hitters, but this is still not a good offensive team. This is still not a team that should tag you for that many runs. Um, same deal with the White Sox a few weeks ago. It's like, is there maybe something physically wrong? Is that why we've had this? But then we had a brilliant start in between. So when it comes to Trevor Bauer, he is an enigma wrapped in a conundrum, wrapped in a 
something else confusing. Uh, the upside, of course, is, as an Indians fan, I mentioned, the upper minors have more pitching than I would have given them credit for um, at the start of the year. A few big breakout guys with almost nobody uh, declining in value. Sets them up to at least have a situation where they could consider some other players uh, if injuries arise. You know, Jeffrey Rodriguez's high-level performance. Clevenger is going to be back in about three weeks. There's there's some positive things when it comes to the pitching staff. Um, it is just funny because there were so many people getting mad at me when I talked about Bauer, and they were all the same ones telling, oh, we need to move Kluber, who were very quick to tell me this season that Kluber, they were right on Kluber. We should have gotten rid of him. Look how old he is. Look how his performance is. Yet I do not hear those people uh, standing up for Bauer right now about uh, how they were tooting their horns that Bauer was, uh, you know, the next great pitcher. Speaking of things that are great, here is a, uh, a great little ad from one of the people who helped keep this podcast on the air. Hiring can be hard. Multiple jobs, stacks of resume, confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matchmaking technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. This isn't just um, something where people can apply for they have to be invited and as we all know an invite is better than just a cattle call as applications come in ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great candidate ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day and right now my listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter slash locked on. L O C K E D O N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. As promised, it's time to take a trip around the Cleveland Indians minor leagues. Um, we'll start with Lake County and work our way up. We'll skip over Akron because I spent so much time on them earlier in the week. So, diving into Lake uh, County, uh, Tyler Freeman is certainly continuing to improve and perform. I had him as one of the top prospects in the system at the beginning of the year. There's a great story going around about how he basically approached the Indians about what he could do to improve, and they said, work on your walk rate. So he is now walking more than he strikes out. He's hitting 300. I know MLB.com just uh, moved him into their top 100 prospects. I did not like that draft pick when it happened. Uh, I thought he was a gritty grinder type, more of a backup. So far, I've been proven 100% wrong, and I will enjoy being proven wrong by it. But, uh, yeah, Freeman's the name to know. Benson, he had another uh, two home runs this week. He had been in a a lull since that four-home run game. His average is still on the decline. He struck out 50 times in 33 games. Just think about that for a second 50 times in 33 games with just 15 walks um that's one of those draft picks where i'm proven right on i just said he he had like a 20 grade hit tool and it has continued to be a 20 grade hit tool there's all the power in the world there but if you can't make contact you're never going to unlock it former high pick quentin holmes also struggling 
Bo Naylor has been getting up there. You know, he's up over 200 now. But, uh, you know, think about that for a second. Naylor was last year's first-round pick uh, out of Canada. Not traditionally viewed. I mean, Canada has good prospects, don't get me wrong, but they're always viewed as maybe a bit more raw. They're going to take a little longer to develop. Naylor's here in A-ball. This is Benson's third. This is uh, the third year for Benson since he was drafted. He's at the same level. You go down... uh, to the the pitching staff, you know some of the like Zach Draper's stats are ridiculous. Twenty eight innings, one earned run, twenty seven strikeouts. Uh, Raymond Burgos continues to pitch well. He's, he's a name to know. Luis Oviedo is finally starting to get his stuff together and show why he was a top ten or borderline top ten in a lot of places. It's you know Shane McCarthy is continuing to dominate uh relative to the level it, again he's old for the level but uh you know pure the best uh stats do belong to draper who was drafted a year ago oh i'm sorry two years ago um a 30th round pick out of college of idaho so if you're not super familiar with him it's because uh, not a lot of people check out the college of idaho but he's a you know high level performer He's a left-handed pitcher. You can never have enough lefties. We'll see how he continues to go. But he has definitely statistically been the player that stands out in Lake County in terms of the pitching. In terms of the hitting, it's Freeman at this point. If we move on to Lynchburg, the next level up, you know, I feel like we should uh, get out there and, like, ring a bell. Oscar Gonzalez had his first walk of the year this week. Uh, One walk in 35 games, 31 strikeouts, two home runs. He's continuing to hit at an extremely high clip, 366. He's playing every day. Um, you know, it's, I, I like Gonzalez a lot. I have him rated higher than Will Benson before the year began. Uh, I don't know how he's going to continue to hit for high averages like this. I just we'll see it even out. Steve Kwan, who they put up there from Oregon State, has seen his average really plummet. He's now under 300, if you remember a few weeks ago how high it was. Nolan Jones has been solid and steady. The one concern is he's not hitting really for any power. Only five doubles, no home runs. But he is, again, he's walking. 28 walks in 36 games. So it's one of those guys where you wonder if they set up, uh, kind of challenge him to go out and work on his, uh, his the balance of his stats. Uh, statistically, it it's hard to say, but I think it's Oscar Gonzalez stands out. Just the high average. He's second on the team in home runs. He's not walking at all, but just a ton of bases getting on base. He's even got four stolen bases, which is good to tie for second on the team. So Oscar Gonzalez is definitely the offensive player that stands out. You know, they promoted Juan Hillman, so he's no longer down there. Or not Juan Hillman. That's not true. Uh, Juan Hillman, when I had the organization on the board, they promoted uh, Eli Morgan. Uh, they were next to each other in total innings pitch. That's where I got thrown off, and I was switching it to strikeouts. Morgan still leads the team in strikeouts, even though he's uh, had uh, two starts in Double A. When you go through the the stats, Adam Scott, who was a senior sign a year ago, has been productive. Uh, he was a, a senior sign some people liked. There is some potential there. Juan Carlos Mejia, who the Indians added their 40-man in the offseason, he pitched uh, yesterday. He pitched three innings. Gave up two earned runs, struck out five. Only, as I said, it was only three innings. The the thing of note there is he hadn't pitched in a month. His last start had been on four sixteen, so he's only got four starts. Uh, he's a guy with a long injury history, missing a month of the season. 
is, you know, not ideal, not what you want to see. Kyle Nelson uh, has been moved up the board to Akron. One of those guys are moving uh, aggressively, a lefty. And Robert Broom is continuing to just be untouchable. And you got to feel like sooner rather than later, he's going to be the guy that uh, the next pitcher up from Lynchburg. Broom was a 10th round pick a year ago. They gave a decent chunk of money to. He's a side armor, much like Sandlin. He'll be 23 in September, so he's old for the level, but he's been... You know, he's one of those guys you go back to college and no one's been able to pick up his stuff. He's probably going to be death on right-handers. 62 strikeouts, 17 walks. You'd like to see the walk rate go a little bit down. That is the one concern there. But, uh, you know, he's working out of the pen. He's already appeared in 33 games. He's probably, again, he's someone that will be up in Akron sooner rather than later. But Broom is the pitcher that stands out, and the hitter, as I said, is Oscar Gonzalez. Spent all that time on Akron yesterday, so let's jump up to Columbus and do the same thing here. So when we look at Columbus, it's a lot of also-rans, has-beens, never-wers. It's it's basically a stockyard of players who can maybe help you, maybe won't. Uh, Trace Thompson, eight home runs. I really liked him a few years ago when he was with the Dodgers. Um, but he's probably going to spend most of the year down there. Uh, Eric Stemetz is amongst the uh, top hitters in OPS on this team and batting average. Bobby Bradley is someone I brought up before. He's got eight home runs, which is tied with uh, Trace Thompson for second on the team behind Haas. The one thing with Bobby Bradley is this year has been an odd year because he's hitting lefties better than righties, and for his career he has been awful against lefties. So that is a positive development one can look at. The other concern is he is just demolishing the ball at home, and Columbus is a horrible park. It's a beautiful park. It's in a great location. It was in a better location when there was actually parking readily available near it. But it is a bandbox. It really makes it hard to get any reliable stats, information to really look at these players. And Bradley has such a heavy it's it's almost like looking at a player who's pitching for or hitting for Colorado and seeing their home and away splits. It's um that's what we're seeing with Bradley. So as much as I do want to get excited, you know, he's always had natural ability as a hitter. He's a better defender at first base than he gets credit for. You know, he's having a fantastic year statistically. That huge home away split is what stands out. Uh, in terms of stats, he's clearly the other guy to look at down there. Uh, Yuchen Chang's only been in 15 games, which is unfortunate. Uh, Haas is being Eric Haas. You know, he has those nine home runs in just 27 games, but he's a low average guy. In terms of guys they've uh, they've got down there that stand out in pitching, um, Zach Plesac had his first start, and he went six innings, struck out seven, walked one, allowed four hits, and didn't give up a run. He is continually, continuing to be one of the big risers for this organization prospect-wise this year. James Karinchak, since his call-up, three innings, eight strikeouts. So, quick math. He's recorded nine outs, eight by the strikeout, one walk, three hits, no runs. He's continuing to do what he did in Akron where no one could catch up to him. Adam Plutko is struggling. Second start was as bad as his first. Uh, he'll eventually even out. He's a nice kind of quad A arm. I'm a little surprised uh, with Henry Martinez's struggles. He was someone I thought would uh, would help the Indians this year, but more likely than not, he's probably getting passed on the, the baseball food chain by Karen Chalk. Uh, Chi Wee Hugh has really struggled, the guy they got from Tampa. 
Uh, Michael Peoples uh, continues just to go out there. He's had seven games. He's appeared in four starts. He's not getting as many starts right now as they're trying to work on, you know, Plesak and Pletko and Hugh and Chiang are kind of getting it. But Peoples is continuing to 33 strikeouts and 37 innings. His walk rate is up as well, which is concerned. But he's missing bats, and he's uh, he's been uh, an organizational soldier who's just done what's asked of him and continues to perform down in AAA. Uh, Stat-wise, uh you know, it's tempting to go with someone who has the the lower uh, lower performances is as good as Karen Chalk and Please Second Band. There's just not enough to back them up at this point, and so many other guys are up and down. So, I mean, you could also look at Asher Wojcicki, but he's he's a retread. He's a guy who's bounced around. So I think I'm going to give it to Peoples. He's been a consistent performer. He's striking guys out for the first time ever. And he's uh, he's only given up three home runs in a park that is extremely home run prone. So that was our quick trip around the minors. Uh, we discussed the Indians uh, game on from Thursday night, my concerns with Bauer, and then we kind of bounced around the minors. It's an interesting minors because it's low on blue chip. Um, Nolan Jones is probably the only guy I would put that label on. Most people might also include McKenzie. By the end of the year, maybe Freeman, but it doesn't have those big prospects, but there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of interesting guys. And the nice thing really is this year that outside of McKenzie, who's been hurt, um, most of the top 10 prospects have been at least on the same level, and we have some interesting players emerging, which gives the Indians uh, a better minor leagues than I would have graded them this past off season. Thank you for listening, just for the subscriptions, reviews, and everything else. And as always, go Tribe.